si no estás aquí dentro. Siendo una magia única, benfiquista, nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgostos que possamos ter, valores más altos se levantan. Y el valor más alto que se levanta en términos futbolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quiero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estamos, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. Uh, with you always on Tuesdays when we can, obviously. And uh, with me tonight, I have a uh, newbie, Paulo, also known as uh, Red Baron. What's happening, my friend? How are you, folks? Uh, first of all, uh, let me thank you for the invite. And uh, thank you, Chris and, and Dave, for the literally the public service that you do here, guys. I really appreciate it. You're, you're, uh, I'm sure for, I speak for a lot of people, you guys are our companion, our therapy sometimes. And, uh, many more things thank you for for the job you guys do here yeah no thank you for that uh and, and certainly as most of you folks could see there's no dave and there's no chris dave is still out we'll, he'll be back next podcast uh chris uh, had to do some some personal stuff he's gonna try to jump in a little later but in the meantime i have recruited my, our friend paulo who we have seen on this chat so so often, you know him as uh, Red Baron SLB and also on, on Twitter. So how you been, man? It's good to finally meet you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How, how does this passion for Benfica come about? Well, it's a, it's a family thing, no doubt. Uh, my great-grandfather uh, actually played for the club, played from 1917 through 1921 or something to that effect. Uh, there's actually a picture of him in the museum and the teams that he played for and That's so on. Awesome, man. And that came from, uh, from a long, long time ago. And, you know, it's kind of right in the family. Let's put it that way. Awesome, man. Well, that's a, a lot of people didn't know that. What is, uh, what is the name? Because next time I will be at the museum, I want to look for it. Uh, the name is João Moraes. João Moraes. Uh, my, my mom's, uh, grand or my mom's side of the family, my mom's grand grandfather. And he was there, I think, from 1917 to 1921, and then again around 23 to 24. That's awesome. But so, so then the season would be complied of like eight games. That's it. So they have that many games for the, for the club. Yeah, but uh, you know, so before you even learned to speak, you probably had uh, some Benfica memorabilia or shirts or swag on you before you even learned to speak. Most definitely, most definitely, <laughs> absolutely. That's awesome. Well, welcome, and, and thank you for, for helping me out tonight uh, with those guys being out today. So on tonight's podcast, episode number 492, we will look at the the latest transfers, and there's been quite a, a bit of movement in the transfer market for Bifica. We'll uh, look ahead to the Super Cup, that uh, either dreaded or exciting game against Porto, or that, that anxiety of playing Porto, and we'll also look ahead to the Boa Vista game, which is the first game of the Liga 
Betano is it Betano now or B Win or what? they're always changing names. I don't know. What do, what do you, Paul? Do you know? Is it B Win or Betano? I honestly, I, I think this year is Betano, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they may have changed this year, if if I'm not, you know, induced into error. I think they changed this year. Yeah, they're always uh, change every every year. They change, and that's because these companies are. I don't know if they get bought out or or if now one is doing better. So they they have this advertising advertising investment. Uh, so I don't know, but let me, before we get going, let me say hello to, uh, all the Freddies that are, are hopping on the, on a chat, uh, Robert Fernandez, uh, let me just bring this up to the live chat so I could say hello to everyone, Robert Fernandez, Justin Aragon, Paul Rezende, Pedro dos Santos, uh, Nick Valadão, uh, Jason Gaidola, Redman21, Diogo Reis, DJ Natural Fire, uh so there's there's quite a few of you here welcome and, and thanks for for keeping us um for keeping us company uh paul hasn't says it's bet click between bet click b win betanu all words that start with the b it's it's hard to uh it's hard to keep track um go ahead paul no no i was just gonna say it seems to be the trend nowadays with, with betting sites you know it seems that that you know, one from one year to the other seems to change the name. They're all betting sites, to the best of my knowledge. So yeah, absolutely. I'm not even sure how that is allowed, but that's yeah, it's it's, it's so weird, right? Because how are how are betting sites uh, allowed to sponsor teams? Wouldn't we think that that's a bit of a conflict of of interest when it comes to that? Especially the ones that sponsor teams directly, not the league, but there's teams that spot they they will have it on their main shirt the the betting site that's so odd man it's so odd that uh, a, a regulating entity hasn't stepped in and said wait that there's something wrong with this obviously the money is too good for them to say anything so they're staying quiet <laughs> yeah, everybody gets sponsored by them from the federation to the league you know and, and it, it just uh it, it doesn't seem to to cause an uproar with them because they're all getting money from them anyway yeah, no, absolutely. So since we're talking about money, let's talk about the transfer market. Uh, biggest one, obviously, Gonzalo Ramsh. Uh, last week we heard some some rumors. Well, we've been hearing some rumors about him going to PS PSG. Uh, this week, finally, uh, officially, uh, he was loaned. How it was presented to us, he was loaned to PSG with the buy clause that could be activated by either club. 65 million plus 15 million in objectives for a total 80 million. His release clause, if I'm not mistaken, was 120. Uh, and there was a lot of people clamoring, why isn't PSG hitting the release clause? Uh, and the mechanics behind the deal is PSG can't buy Gonzalo Ramos this year because of the financial fair play. So they're making it alone. Uh, they're giving, I think, 20, 15 or 25 to Benfica up front for the loan deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, PSG also takes care of 5% of the solidarity mechanisms, which are the forming club and, and some finder's fees, whatever. And Benfica is going to take care of the 10% um that is owed to intermediaries which agents and and so on and so forth uh certainly as benficista is not something that we were were expecting we were expecting but i think paul the timing of it all uh a couple days before the super cup a player of ramos's ramos's importance and i know that we were we were ready to lose him 
But I think the timing and the fact that we're not going to be able to use him in a Super Cup, I think leaves a lot of Benficistas uneasy. Well, you know, it's just to put it plainly, great sale, absolutely awful timing. You know, you, you can't have any worse timing than this. But but let me tell you why I, why I think it's such a bad timing. If you were playing uh, a Braga or a Bovista or, uh, you know, any other team other than Porto and Sporting, I don't think we'll be as concerned, but you're playing Porto, and that makes a big difference. This will give probably give the, whoever wins this cup, this Super Cup uh, tomorrow, I think we'll give them a psychological boost for at least the beginning of the season. And I think that's the us as fans and with the passion that we have, we have a hard time understanding this. Keep in mind, I mean, it's 80 million. There's no one in Portugal that's going to refuse a sale like that, regardless. And, and we, as the uh, you know, as the seller, we don't really control it either. You know, it's the buyer that has that time and to control that that you know that purchase of the player, pretty much. So I think it has to do with us playing Porto as the first game, and obviously the anxiety that you mentioned before. I think we're all worried about that, and let's see how it goes. You know, if we depend on one player, then I think. As a team, we should be concerned. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And and I think that a lot of us were talking about the, the whole, the, the way things went down with Enzo in terms of not being prepared with a backup. And certainly a lot of people are thinking, well, we knew it was gonna, we were going to lose Hamj, but no backup has come in as of yet. Now we're hearing rumors and we saw and uh, Artur Cabral land in, in Lisbon, so he should be announced tomorrow or so. Uh, but but certainly not the position you wanted to be in. Roger Schmidt spoke to the press today, and he said that they they knew that they were possibly going to lose Gonçalo Ramos. Uh, they had a couple people identified. Roger Schmidt doesn't say that, but but there was you know Jimenez from from Feyenoord. Uh, then there was the kid Beltran. Uh, from uh, from River that we were looking at and we were rumored that we were going to get, but this uh, Artur Cabral just came out of left field. Nobody expected this. All of a sudden, like Benfica has confirmed um, Cabral, and I think I don't know if it was Fabrizio or whoever it was that announced it, but really came out of left field. And I, I don't even that's there was there's a lot of people that didn't know Anthony or Artur. I don't know why I'm going to Anthony Artur Cabral. Paul, did you know this play? Well, and if you do, what do you know of this player? Uh, I, I'm not really sold on him, to be honest with you, and maybe because he fell off the radar a little bit because he wasn't playing, uh, you know, a lot of minutes at Fiorentina uh, this past year. Uh, I think he was sharing a lot of minutes with Jovic, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's the other striker for Fiorentina. But during the when he played for 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 Basel uh, uh, for, for Basilea, he was yeah. he did really well. I mean, he he scored a ton of goals for them, and I think is is a is a powerful striker. Um, trying to compare him with somebody, I always like to try to compare this players with other people. But I don't know if you remember Beto the place for for uh, Udinese now in Italy. Yeah, uh, it's that kind of play. He's a strong player, a physical player, but it's been off the radar for the last year or so because uh, this Fiorentina season wasn't that great for starters. Right. Um... Uh, he caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting him at all. And I think that may play Benfica's uh, uh, side because Benfica may have thrown a couple of names out there to kind of get the media, you know, off track and then was ready for this guy. I mean, just like that, as soon as they had the confirmation on Gonzalo, they went for this guy right away. So this was something that was already planned. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I think there's a lot of people talking about uh, 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 
Gonçalo Ramos, uh, Robert Fernandes being one, and timing seems to be the negative in Rui Costa's reign. Look, I, I think that, you know, I was talking to Hugo and Cristiano this, earlier this week, and I said that the biggest thing is that us fans that consume what the media puts out, we're not always aware of everything that's going on. All the, the things in the, in the background that are, that are going on, the discussions, uh, the amounts, we don't know what goes on. We are fed right. this narrative by the media, and we judge the club, and we judge Rui Costa, and we judge whoever's in charge based on the narratives that are fed to us, which aren't always accurate. Uh, it's good that Rui Costa will, will come out at the end of every transfer window and explain the transfer window to everyone, because I think that will that will settle some people. But the reality of it is that I don't know. Uh, I was using this 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 example, uh, right? So if I'm hanging out with Cristiano and all of a sudden we we drive by a Lamborghini uh, dealership and Cristiano goes in there and he goes, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini right now. And I'm thinking, man, but you can't afford a Lamborghini. How would I know if Cristiano can or not afford a Lamborghini? I never counted. I never saw his bank account. I never counted his money to know. So all of these things that happen in the background, uh, right? And there was a theory floated out there that Benfica really needed the money and, and this and that. And, and, and Benfica is tied on money because they're still paying for some of the Vieira investments and some of the, the payroll that Vieira brought in. We don't know. I mean, without being a CFO... I don't know the clubs if the club is healthy financially or not. We could see the reports every semester or whatever it is, and we could see how the club is spending their money. But there's a whole lot of things behind the scenes that we don't know about. And I think that we get caught up in just judging the narratives that the media puts out. And don't be dumb to the fact that a lot of the narratives that are put out are with intent. You know, whether come, they come from Benfica, whether they come from other people, whether they come from agents, we don't know. But these are the narratives that were sold that oftentimes bring on some frustration and we're flustered with the club that the club are doing these things. Obviously, there's things that are obvious, right? As you mentioned, great deal. The timing is awful. Would it be too much to wait for until the, after the Super Cup to to sell to sell Ramsh? Uh, probably not. But what Schmidt said today is that PSG was ready and they have a lot of buying power, and there was no exactly. negotiating. It's their money. Let's put it that way. And they decide when to buy it and if they're going to let him play again or not. And I think for any million uh, you know, euros uh, deal, I don't think PSG was going to take. Uh, uh, a chance on it. We have our own example here with João Vitor. Yeah. He played for Corinthians the last game, and he, then he was out for three, four months. Okay, and he never was able to pick up uh, a starting spot because uh, probably because of that. Yeah, and, and we're also talking uh, a game that will most likely be very high intensity. Uh, so it wasn't <laughs> like we're playing a team in the in the Taça of the Liga, or we're playing a newly promoted team, or whoever it is. This is a a game that's expected to be intense, that's expected to be physical. And obviously, if you're spending that much money for a player, would, a, would a nob, uh, 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 an obligatory buyout clause, buyout clause it's, it's not something that you want to take a risk on, right? 
Exactly. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, like as you mentioned, the timing is 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 crappy, but certainly uh, I'm not complaining. Uh, I I actually think that uh, Gonzalo Ramos is not worth more than than 80 million or even 65 million. But uh, we've been known to make good deals, and and that's that's what it was. Uh, now, in terms of Artur Cabral, I, I brought up some stuff here. So he's rumored to to um, Benfica is going to give Fiorentina twenty million. Uh, this is unofficial. Uh, he was the best scorer of the Conference League last season. Uh, with Fiorentina, he played sixty-five games, nineteen goals, three assists. Uh, Fiorentina got him from Basel for fifteen fifteen point five million. Uh, he arrived in Europe through Basel, and in three seasons. In, in Basel, and, and granted, this is the Swiss League, right? So take it, you know, with a grain of salt. S three seasons, 106 games, 65 goals. Uh, so that's 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 impressive. That's impressive. Very bad. Braga actually scored three against Braga, if I'm not mistaken, on yes. the Conference League last year. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. Uh, he uh, he did score three, and uh, and and look, he just. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think. Uh, sometimes we're a little skeptical when it's these guys that we haven't heard of that are not big names. But we have the example with Auschwitz last year. Nobody knew Auschwitz is. And look how big of a role he came to play. I am much more encouraged by a player that's going to come in and be able to fit the system that Roger Schmidt says, yes, this guy fits the system. He's a high-energy guy. He's physical. Uh, he's got a hard shot. So maybe this is the guy, and he can put the ball behind the uh, in the net. So this is a guy that maybe a, a target or a profile that we were looking for. Um, I don't know. And I've always said, Paul, and I don't know if this is this is your opinion. Benfica is a matador away from being much more successful or going further in the Champions League? I don't know. Is that your opinion? Or do you think that were you always happy with what we had with Ramos? Uh I mean, don't take me wrong. My opinion of Ramos is very, very good. I, I like him. I think is uh, is a great player. Uh, is he worth $80 million? Uh I have my doubts. Uh, don't forget, we were willing to sell him for $40 million last year. And we never did. You know, there was the option uh, was that we were or supposedly we're going to sell him for an offer that would come in around 40 million. Well, with that said, uh, I, I think that we're a little more away from, from, uh, from a Matador. I have to be honest with you. Yeah. I think we need another, uh, another guy in the midfield that can, that can handle another Enzo, for example. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if we have him in culture. I to be honest, with you, I haven't seen that yet, but, uh, it's, you know, beginning of the season, you know, let's see how he, how he does. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we needed a pure striker there that can handle, they can put in 30 goals per season, at least 25 to 30 goals. I think we need that. And we haven't had one for quite some time. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And and that's been my discussion. If we had that, you know, so many people aided Cardozo, right? But all the all the guy did was score goals. He didn't do anything else right. But yeah. all he did is score goals. And sometimes that's what you that's what you need. Uh, that's what Robert Fernandez, all Cabral really has to do is just put the ball in the net. Really? That's all we, I don't need him to, to fazer cuecas and, and, and do like fancy moves. I just need him to put the ball in the net. That's all we need him. That's what it counts. 
Um, so we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm encouraged because expect nothing and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you there. I mean, we got lucky for a little bit after Cardozo because we found that Jonas, you know, and we pretty much found gold with him. But uh, I, I even think that Jean is as good as he was and as, you know, as a goal scorer as he was, wasn't that Champions League striker that we needed. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you could put it, you could put him away in the Portuguese League, but he always had issues in the Champions League. And our teams weren't as good back right. then, or at least our coaching wasn't as good. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could use a guy like Cardoso right now. But then he's still it, playing today. He just got red carded today, for what I understand. <laughs> we only see the highlights of his goals. But, uh, right? you know, it's the thing. And, and when you look at Roger Schmidt, obviously, with the high press, he needs a forward that's going to that's gonna cover ground in terms of pressing guys, in terms of depend, uh, defending, depend, in terms of uh, shutting down passing lanes. Uh, so certainly, I don't know if Cardozo would – would fit in the system. I can't see Cardozo track back or, or press a defender, but certainly uh, in terms of scoring scoring goals, he didn't knew, he didn't need too many touches. And uh, and certainly, uh, yeah, if, we could, if we could, <laughs> that's right. If we could find a Cardozo uh, caliber player, um, I'd be happy. I don't know. I haven't. I watched a few highlights on on Cabral. Um, like you said, I saw the same things. Physical, um, has a hard shot, as I mentioned. Uh, is a guy that I, I saw him do good combinations, but then again, it's it's a YouTube sample, so take it with a grain of salt because the highlights are the highlights after all. I've never seen something that has highlights and low lights, right? So take it with a grain of salt, but the fact that this guy just flew under the radar and Mefica was basically able to come to an agreement because it hasn't been made official. But what we know is that Benfica came to an agreement, and maybe that's why he's in Lisbon. The fact that he just flew under the radar and all of a sudden Benfica came to an agreement leaves me uh, encouraged because I think, Paulo, and you could correct me, maybe 25, 30, 30 players that have been associated with Benfica in the offseason uh and, and 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 then none of them have have really have really come and all of a sudden here's Cabral. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a good stuff. I honestly think this was uh some play some names were, were thrown out there by the by the by the club to kind of offset this, you know, uh this information and then they were they already had this set up. there's no way they, they just decided at the last minute they're gonna buy this guy after yeah. they sold Gonzalo. Knew they were gonna sell Gonzalo, they had this kid already lined up and Obviously, nobody was aware of it. And I think right there, it shows that they're doing something something well. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and and um, and I just I want to give a, a shout out to Benfica Independent. If you guys haven't watched the the Jose Botu uh, interview video, phenomenal interview. Yeah, phenomenal interview. He really gives you an insight in terms of what a scout does, what a scouting department does what are their directives is, the profiles of players that they look at, how they suggest to to the, the technical staff. It's very insightful. If you like that type of stuff, I, I recommend that you watch that. It's available on both YouTube and, uh, and podcast format. Uh, definitely check that out so you can get an insight in terms of how scouting uh, works. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking that Cabral 
had to be on a list. I don't know how deep of that list was that fit the profile of players that we were looking for. Uh, and probably, I don't know if Jimenez was on top of the list. I don't know if uh, if Beltran was number two on the list, ended up to going, going to Fiorentina and said, oh, uh, Beltran's going to Fiorentina. Who's Fiorentina getting rid of? I don't know if that's what went on. I don't know. They don't they have Jovic or is he still on the loan or is he no, I think definitely they, tricky for them? I think he's on a loan with Real from Real, right? Yeah, with so, Fiorentina. I'm not sure. To be so that's with you. that's why they're bringing the the Beltran kid. Uh, but is that a done deal though? I, I don't know. That's he's that's what's playing right now for Weaver too. That's that's what's rumored to. Um, that's what that's what's rumored to to be happening. But but certainly. Look, I think the fact that the guy has flown out of the radar, no one knew anything about it. Uh, he, he's a guy that he's only 25 years old, so I like the the fact that he's he's that age. Uh, he was called up to the Brazilian national team, but did not make his debut. Uh, so it's a guy that obviously there's talent there, um, and we've seen the the, the talent at, at Basel and the numbers speak for themselves. But again, Swiss league, take it for what it's for. Fiorentina, he shared minutes with Jovic, and, and maybe that's why he didn't play as much. Um, but, uh, you know, let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens because sure. what the other options that we have between Musa and Tankstead, I don't think those are the type of forwards that Benfica wants to head into the, the, uh, the season with. Uh, domestically, maybe we script by. In Europe, I, there's no chance that uh, that Musa is our starting center forward, and I would love to be I proved wrong. Now we're still one more forward away. Yeah, so but, we'll uh, see. Maybe honestly, I don't. So. Maybe the, Cabral is the answer. Is the answer to our prayers? And Hopefully. and, and Keep in, fingers crossed. Yeah, and in in two months, we're it's not even a mention anymore. So we'll see. Um, the other movement in the market for Benfica, and again, uh, not official, but Anatoly uh, Trubin from Shakhtar, goalkeeper, 22 years old, uh, 10 million plus objectives for 40% of the pass. Um, and when I was talking to Cristiano, I was like, well, why don't we just give him 22 million and get 100% of the pass? Why we're only spending 10 million? I think we're actually bought a hundred percent with a pass. What we didn't do, we are we have to give them forty percent of what they call the Maj Valias. In other words, anything above ten million, because that's what we're paying for them. That's how I read the deal at least, or the expected deal, because it's not official. We're paying ten million plus one million objectives. And then uh if we sell them for fifty million, for example, okay, they get that difference between a 10 million and 50, those 40 million, they get 40% of it. So they don't actually own the pass. We own the the uh, uh, the past 100%, but we have to give them 40% of a future sale of 40% above the 10 million, whatever we sell it. Yeah, look, I, I don't... What they call uh, it, is, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't pretend to understand though, these financial mechanisms. I mean, they're always doing something to uh, to get to get over on something. You know, there's some kind of a... A loophole, but certainly when you look at and um, you spent 10 million on this guy for 40 percent, whatever it is, uh, I'm a little I, I'm a little bit more encouraged about uh, Trubin than I am from Cabral. 
from a, a, a lot of things that I heard, right? Uh, Botu, I'll give you two years. Two years. You won't stay here more than two years. I guarantee yeah? you that. I, I, I hope so. That. I hope so. I think that um, that Trubin, uh also, if you listen to that Botu, um, to that Botu interview, he talks about Trubin because Trubin's coming from Shakhtar and he used to be uh, a scouting director for, for Shakhtar. So he, he knows the kid, uh, speaks highly of him, uh, talks about how the kid is years uh, above uh, mature, is, is what he should be in terms of maturity as a 22-year-old, uh, speaks intelligently, has his head in the right place, uh, can play with his feet, is good on crosses. Uh, and the question now becomes is how long till he takes over the, the goalie spot? Do you, do you expect that to be immediate or do you think that Vlako Dimas will continue to get a starting spot until there's some kind of a breakdown? My opinion is that honestly, and you know, this could always change if he doesn't get adjusted to the to, to the country or the team and so on. But I honestly think that we hit the jackpot with this kid. Okay. I mean, I know we're paying a sufficient amount, a lot of money. I know we're only bought, you know, where we have to give him 40% of a future sale and so on. But this kid is everything that Audi is not. What he say is, in all honesty, uh, he's great. He's a good goalkeeper. I wouldn't say great because he's not great. He's a good goalkeeper. But this kid is really good. This kid has everything that Odysseus doesn't have. He comes out, he's competent, he's aggressive, he, he, uh, he is really good on, on short passes, breaking down that line of pressure like Porto is going to do to us tomorrow. With a goalkeeper like that, you could actually play and play and avoid that pressure. You know, I'm going to say it in Portuguese. He can, he'll put, he'll put the, uh, uh, the ter aquelas linhas de passe. He'll pode fazer os passes nas laterais. Tu vês o Odisseias a fazer um passe para a lateral e a bola vai para a bancada. <laughs> you know? While, while this kid, you know, he, he can, he, you can have those wingbacks wide and, you know, allow that pressure to dissipate. You know? And this kid has it. He has to work a little bit on his long passes. You know, is he's still, you know, not as good. But he's 22. He just turned 22, I think. I'm not mistaken, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. This kid is a great goalkeeper. I honestly think that right now, uh, under 23, he's top five in the world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and somebody was saying, and Jason Gaidola was saying, uh, at goalkeeper, this has all the signs of Laco Dimus wanting out before the season's end. Could be a big distraction. I agree because we've already seen something, you know, when when – Vlako Dimus temporarily lost a spot to to Helton Milk. Um, he was he was out on international duty. His agent was talking shit, uh, you know. So there was right off the bat. I mean, we're not even talking that the guy had been benched for a whole month straight. Right off the bat, his agent is talking, and usually the agents are the mouthpieces of the athletes because the athletes can't. The agents can't get fined. <laughs> Athletes can. And I think at some point, I think Benfica did address the situation. But certainly, we're setting us up, we're setting ourselves up for maybe like a, a toxic type of environment in the locker room uh, between those two. So I don't know how Roger Schmidt plans to handle that. But certainly, we, we, I think we know, we've seen this movie before. I think we know how all of this is going to head. And to be perfectly honest... 
if Vlaco Dimas gets sold tomorrow, I'll take him to the airport. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll take him to the airport. I think yeah. And send him on. I think him for everything that he's done. I just don't think he is um Benfica caliber. And from what we know, he's not a good sub. If he was a good sub, maybe there's a there's there's something here, right? Because both of them feed off of each other. Uh they they train against each other if you want to if you want to say that and they they just elevate each other as a result of the competing uh training uh that goes on between them but from what we know it's not going to bode well with Flaco Dimos so we'll, we'll see he's making calls to his uh, agent right now be buying another goalkeeper you know before the 31st of August maybe we'll be lucky then you know and get one of those um goalkeepers that we have in the Primera Liga here you know, I, I I wouldn't put it past uh, us selling him, to be honest with you, which yeah. which makes it a little odd is that we extended his contract just a few months ago. And that that's a little odd. But then, you know, it gives us a little more negotiating. You know, we have a little more negotiating room at that point. Yeah. And, and look, he, he has he has a market. He does. He has a market. Um, Cristiano's coming in. Let me let me let uh, Cristiano in, in here. Uh, I know it's going to do all kinds of things to the to the setup here, but let me let me let me uh, let him in. Hold on a second, people in the chat. All right, let me just. Uh, there he is. Well, it's about time, sir. It's about time. <laughs> uh, hey, this let me just uh, fix something here real quick. Zoom. Okay, Cristiano, you're going to be off the screen for now. We're just going to have Paul win here. All right. So, Cristiano, welcome. How you doing? Got a massive headache. You got a massive headache? Yeah, it just got worse with you putting my muff, my ugly face on the screen. Yeah. Was, uh... Well, that's what happens when you're not here when we start. Listen, I, again... I have a migraine, but I had to come spoiler the perfume on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Spoiler the perfume. You always do. You always do. Red LeBaron, how are you, my friend? How are you, sir? Good. I'm doing all right. Doing so, all right. So meet uh, meet Paulo. Yeah, what do you guys talk? We met Paulo. I think Paulo and I played back in the whatever. Just another way. What's going on? Yeah, what you- back in the day, about a hundred pounds ago, me. We played back in the nineties or something. Yeah, long time ago. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys talking about? Let's go. Let's get into thing. Are we talking about goalkeepers? Gravelaco Demons. Yeah, but we're talking Gravelaco Demons. That's what we're doing right now. We'll be out in the next two weeks. He'll be out. He'll be out of the, the squad before you say Truben. <laughs> before you say Truben. Um, no, we, we, Cristiano, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you up. We will, uh, we were talking about, uh, we talked, we spoke about the Gonzalo Ramos, uh, sale. Uh, I don't know if you, if you have a few words that your opinion that you want to, um, yeah, sure. You always got an opinion on anything. Go ahead. Um, Gonzalo Ramos, it, it's real simple. At the end of the day, you know, Alfredo and, and the rest of the Freddies. Freddies, what's up? Don't forget to, to smash the like button, by the way. Um, listen, uh, how do I put this? As you guys know, I've, I've, I've never been the biggest Gonzalo Ramos fan. So uh, I, I'm not going to shed a tear uh, seeing him leave. But that being said, it really takes me off, right? I don't know if you guys 
touched on this, and if you didn't, I'll be the first. You know me. I don't care. I got a white back. Go ahead. Throw all the darts you want at me. But, you know, I, I really don't understand what the helping figure is doing. Um, I would personally sell Gonzalo for the same exact price and, you know, drive him to the airport, drive him to the to the cruise ship, whatever the hell may be, just to get him out of these wall. But at the end of the day, how does a club that knows that for whatever reason, either they need to sell a player because they need to get their financial straight or as I guess apparently today, Roger Schmidt said the player wanted to leave. I mean, obviously, this didn't just come upon them on Sunday evening. It just didn't. Oh, snap. By the way, guys, yeah, I want to leave. Oh, yeah, we need to. Sell. I mean, this has got to be something that has that that's been in the works for weeks. OK, if not months. That being said, we went through the same saga in December and January with Enzo. And one of my biggest complaints was how the hell does a club knowing that they're going to lose a player for over a month is not prepared to go ahead and attack and bring in a replacement at this, you know, as soon as they, 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 they finalize that deal to let Enzo play. And now this is playing out once again, Benfica is playing a super tasa against their, their main rivals tomorrow. Stop my hometown, by the way, beautiful hometown. That has nothing to do with it. Um, how the hell does this club not have a replacement lined up? How the hell is this club going to go into this game tomorrow against Football Club Porto with Petr Musa and Tanks that as their main weapon? Is the only ones, the only options they have up top as far as strikers, as far as I know, unless unless somebody pops up out of the woodwork. It just makes no sense how, once again, they're not prepared for this. And I don't want to hear about, well, you know, if they would have gotten a striker earlier, they would have dried up the market for them. I don't listen. It doesn't matter. A club that is well prepared, well organized, that knows what it wants, that knows what its goals are, that, that has objectives, that, that wants to put an end to this bullshit that's gone on against Foco do Porto, and especially in Supertasas, what's our 11 and 1 or whatever it is, pathetic. You're going to sell a player three days before this crucial match and not have a replacement lined up or at least not lined up because they obviously apparently they got this Cabral. I have no idea this dude but they have this guy lined Cabral. up what I mean to say is not have a Cabral, Amaral it all ends with all um, <laughs> they do not have a player that should have been training with this club for weeks now to get acclimated to get into the system so he could go ahead and play tomorrow it just it, it just smells of and I know it's it's hard to say because we all love Benfica, but come on, bro. It's amateur. It of George Mendes, doesn't it? Amateur. No, it's kind of, listen, even George Mendes, guys. You got, we got to stop pointing the finger at George Mendes, okay? Because they're a tandem. The club and George Mendes is a tandem. George Mendes didn't just show up at Porte in the main door where Di Maria was presented last week on Friday and say, hey guys, by the way, look, I have an offer. Guys, it doesn't work like that. These things have been in the works. Okay, just blame the club. At the end of the day, the club is the one that has to be prepared. The club is the one that has to have players lined up. I don't care about George Mendes. If you got George Mendes, well, get George Mendes to get you a freaking player to be prepared. This should have been done weeks ago, not three days before a Super Tasa. The question here is, did we have the financial ability to do it without making sure that a deal like that was done? Uh, that's that's my concern, too. And I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about that, too, because I think we're spending way too much money honestly that's my opinion yeah listen I, I i don't like in terms of financials i don't like these last two deals i do love the the, the gonzalo rums deal i i don't think that there was 
any offer anywhere near the 65 mil and then with the 15 incentives or whatever whatever there to me that indicated there was nothing near okay we're talking about very low offers if any um so Benfica, look if you want to tell me that, that look man they took the best offer um and ran with it let's 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 go I, i'm okay uh but if you're telling me now that the club doesn't have money it just makes no sense i don't like the the the, the trubin deal i don't like the t- 10 or 11 million for, for freaking 40 percent of a future trip come on dude i mean it just is, it reeks of of, of, of desperation Christiano, I, 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 we 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 cleared run, that run up give me a sec give me a sec run to paul i'll be right back <laughs> on that note <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we have to explain to Cristiano that those uh, the forty percent on a mais valias, uh, so not we don't own only forty percent of the player. It's you know it's, correct, and right. that's my understanding of the deal. Right. For I mean, obviously, it's not official. Once again, we don't know, but those are the rumors. And from what I, I read from the Gonzalo Ramos deal, it seems to have hit the spot. What they know, what they notified on the uh, on the news. It was on the money. You know, literally, it was 65 plus 15 and on a loan deal. So PSG can avoid fair play. And I think the uh, deal with Trubin is going to be pretty much the same. I think Shakhtar knows what they have. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think Inter is willing to do that, you know, because I think they wanted to keep part of the um, of a future sale, you know, and I don't think Inter was ready to do that and that's what i my understanding is not that inter is going for the keeper that we wanted supposedly they're going after bent right so you know I, I keep my fingers crossed i really have a high hopes for this kid i really think this kid is the real deal i yeah. think he's gonna be have a lot of success and and we are a, a club that has an extensive experience with great goalkeepers and i think uh once again it depends on a lot of variables but I think this kid is going to be up there with the uh, with the goalkeepers that we had that made a history at the club. I think the All Blacks and the Edersons, and this kid is going to be up there too. I really have high hopes for this kid. I really do. Yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, uh, right, uh, or whatever higher higher power it's out there. But uh, look, I I think that um, we don't even know. Maybe there weren't other teams out there willing to pay what Benfica was asking for Hamsh. Maybe PSG was the only one to the terms that Benfica wanted or close to the terms that Benfica wanted. We don't know. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of offers, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and then there's uh, there's that whole financial fair play, that, that loophole that, that PSG has to has to go through in order to have the player. It's just, I don't know, it's, just, it's like a, a weird thing. I'm happy that we, that we sold them. Uh, I wish him all the best, except for when he plays against Benfica. Uh, and, and thank you for, for being uh, a Benficaista and, and for feeling the club. And, you know, uh, I don't I don't know of, of, of a lot of players that have decided to go to PSG uh, and that PSG was a stepping stone into them becoming the superstars that were expected. We saw... It's a complicated club. It really is. Sanchez go because the club is just messy. We saw Renato Sanchez go there. Nothing really good came out of it. Messi, they got went and got Messi. Still no Champions League. Mbappe once out, 
Neymar is Neymar does whatever he wants. It's a club in 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 shambles, really. Uh, so it I really don't is. I don't know if it's a it's a good move career wise for Gonzalo Ramos, but but certainly hey, wish him all the best. Let me uh, read some some comments here before uh, until Cristiano comes in. Um, Diego Reis is saying some Benfica outlets ripped Ramos for liking PSG tweets uh, prior to being official. I didn't understand this. The deal was done. He was leaving. Let the guy tweet whatever he wants. Yeah, you know, you're always going to find some guys that that are not happy with uh, with things that happen. Um, Robert Fernandes says, uh, "Do we think Cabral, if it comes out good, stays for a while? Is the 20 million long-term investment? I mean, if you if you're spending 20 million on a guy, that better be a long-term investment, and you better do your your darnest and hope that the guy uh, raises his value through his playing." Um, again, the circumstances of Fiorentina were what they were. Uh, there's guys that don't adapt as well as we, everyone does. So we, we don't know the circumstances. I wasn't in the locker room, certainly, you know, splitting time with Jovic and maybe Jovic was a, a player that fit the system better than, than Cabral. I don't know. I just hope that he, he becomes what we hope him to become. Paul Rezin says Jovic is a Fiorentina player. He signed with them on a free from Real Madrid. Yeah, I think I, I may have uh, oh. remember that. Um, let's see what else. Um, uh, Paul Rezin says Odi can go. I'll drive him to the airport. Same. Uh, Kevin uh, says uh, Bayern is apparently asking for Audi. And uh, I know that he's got market. I know that uh, Odyssey has got market for sure. Uh, Diogo Reis says we There's just... a lot of people trying to drive him to the airport, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, we just re-signed A lot of people <laughs> willing to do that, that transportation <laughs> to the airport. A little bow on top. Easy, easy. I'd even give him uh, fresh water in the back, like an Absolutely. Uber driver. We just uh, re-signed Vlaco Dimas, took pictures under the big Benfica shirt. Weird to ship him now. Diogo Reis says, but look, Diogo, it's all going to depend on what the player wants because we've we've known now uh, that Benfica's approach is if the player does not want to be here, we're not going to hold them back within reason. Obviously, we're not going to let the uh, the loonies run the, the the loony bin. Obviously, right? But uh, there, there's a lot of things in terms of making sure that. The players that are at Benfica are players that want to be there. Ricardo Teixeira says, I, I think he's going this transfer window. He's talking about Lacodemus. He really is not happy with someone fighting for a spot. Yeah, that's what he was. We were just uh, but, saying. But he say was one meeting away for going from to Ajax last year. Yeah, he you was. Know, the last day of the market. Yeah. You know, and the financial director of Ajax said no, that he wasn't worth the 14 million or 10 million, yeah. whatever. You know, and they canceled the, the transfer. So we were. Literally just that one day away of getting rid of him. Yeah. No, I, I remember that because there was talks about Onana leaving. And Correct. I think that's what uh, Ajax wanted to do. Um, let's see what else we got here in terms of comments. Uh, the, 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 the SLBES, I, I think you guys rate Ramos too highly. He scored 17 goals in, in the league. That's that's it. 17 goals. Um, yeah, but no peak days. No PKs, right? All no seventeen PKs. goals and came he had out the of the Miami PKs. You would be up in the thirties. That's 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 exactly right. Look, I, I I think that we all know that Gonzalo Ramos is not a matador. 
he may become a matador later on his, in his career. But through his work rate, uh, he puts himself in a position to finish. Does he always finish? No. But he puts himself in positions to finish. He tries to anticipate uh, defenders. He tries to get himself in a spot where it's just a tap in. And sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, his inconsistency was what bothered me because he's he's missed some real sitters. Not uh, Seferovic-type sitters, but certainly easy goals. Uh, and then towards the end of the season, the fact that he just disappeared much like uh, Rafa and João Mario was concerning. was concerning because Benfica had all their eggs in the Ramos basket because Musa barely played. Musa came off the bench and he started in League Cup games. Other than that, he didn't play much else. So the fact that you're depending on this guy and there's inconsistency to his playing, and, and maybe you could chalk that up to be for them him being young or whatever. He's not the caliber of player that you want that's going to win you games. Gonzalo Ramos is not that guy. So, yeah, I don't like you said, I don't dislike him at all. I mean, I, I think he's a great player. I think he's a workhorse. I mean, he really is that first point of pressure, you know, on, on the defense. As soon as we lose the ball, he's the first one to go get it, you know, and he's, I think, he's a, he's a workhorse, but he's not a pure striker that we want, you know, he's not that kind of a player. He just, he just is not. Is he, he's worth, is he worth 80 million? Well, we're selling him for eighty million. That's what really matters, you know, at this point. But yeah. uh, you know, do we need that that pure? I think we need a pure striker, like you said, and maybe these are Tudo Cabral will be it. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, she... I mean, uh, so I don't know if you saw the video. So he stepped off a plane. He almost, you know, he almost crash landed. Literally, he almost <laughs> fell down the stairs. I haven't seen but, that. Uh, you know, now you didn't see. You got to see that. I haven't seen that. But I, I do have to see it. Sheikh Marcelino is, is, makes a great point. If you had to guess, uh, would you say that Cabral is going to score more or less goals than Ramos this this season, this season compared to last season? What do you think, Paul? That's a, that's unfair. I think you will. That's I think it, it's a, it is unfair, absolutely. But I, I think as a pure striker, it's more of a striker than Ramos. No doubt about it. Okay, takes PKs number one. By the way, he does. Okay, so you don't have to ask Mario to do him. Uh, so I think he's going to probably score about 20-25 in the league. I, I have no doubts, man. I really think so. I hope so, too, Maz. I mean, it's unfair. The guy needs to get adapted to Portugal, Portuguese football. At the end of the day, it's too much pressure. Ramos had two years under his belt. Look, do I anticipate the, the guy to be a little bit better than we're all giving him credit for? Yeah, I think so. I've, I've seen some of his videos, and there's some things I like. There's other things I'm not so crazy about. But I do like that he's he's got that poacher in him. And at the same time, he's a guy that takes shots from anyone to feel. He's very powerful, very strong. Um, don't know much about his, his, his air game in terms of heading. But there's some things I do like. But to sit here and all of a sudden, you know, I, I get it that he's coming in with a $20, 25000000 million price tag. But to sit here all of a sudden, it's all about. That's why I've been seeing goals this year. I think, look, let's pump the brakes. Let's look. If he does it, that's great. Hey, well, listen, I'll take it. But, you know, let the guy come in. Let's see what happens. Let's see if he fits into this club. I like to think the at least whoever picked him out has an idea of where he's going to fit on the team. So I don't want to just, you know, uh, and that's the one we're buying. 
But let's, you know, I'm just saying. I, I, I expect good things out of him. At least I hope as a Benfiquista. But 25 goals in his very first year, bro, I just think it's too much um, to ask for. Yeah. At the beginning. That's that sounds if like a Sefer good challenge. If scored 25 goals, I think uh, Dukaral is going to score at least 20. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm with you, Xianu. I've seen some things that I like and some other things that leave me a little bit, eh, eh. But, uh, I mean, if he could put the ball in the net, I'm all in. So. The SOBs is asking you guys this regarding Musa. I mean, not now, bro. It's been <laughs> – we've been. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know. Look, I'm not. Musa is good off the bench. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay? Well, Musa he, is, is – He's a role player. He's been good. You know, I honestly think that he's been and he's been going good at doing that. Coming off the bench and scoring his one, two goals, playing 15, 20 minutes, and puts it in the net twice or once or twice. But uh other than that, do you guys really think you you would be a first choice? I honestly don't think so. I don't think so. I, yeah. I think our first strikers are gonna be Amaral up top, Juan Felix right behind them. And I think that's where we're gonna go. <laughs> Taj the wind, pa. Well, Cristiano, Cristiano has inside information that we we don't. So no, we... that's not so spreading rules. Stop. See what I'm saying? <laughs> this is how shit starts. Tomorrow's gonna come out on top of the wall. Befica podcast. No, no, Befica podcast said nothing. I just um palpite. Right? What do you guys say in Portuguese? Um palpite. I got no insight or nothing, bro. Yeah. No, no I... inside here. None of that. Stop I, it. I th I think that's a good benchmark for Cabral. Seventeen goals. Does he score 17 goals? So let's let's leave it at that. Chris, what's your take on uh, Anatoly Trubin? And let me let me tell you, the 40% is for Mais Valiage. We own 100% of his pass. Don't ask me what that means. But I, I, Paulo has already explained it. Bigod, Bigod Abinfiga was here. He also said Mais Valiage. Chris, you there? I think he stepped away. All right. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Super Cup. Super Cup is what uh, what we have here. Um, always the Super Cup, always playing against Porto. Uh, takes place this uh, this Wednesday um, at eight forty-five local time at Estádio Municipal de Aveiro, as Cristiano mentioned. Uh, ref is Luís Godinho we found out today that Luís Godinho at least it's not Artur Soares Dias or João Pinheiro at least uh, so it's good for that uh, Benfica have won one game out of the last five games they played against Porto um, Paulo what, what, what do you think it is you think it's that uh, medo cénico that stigma that we have to play against Porto are we Porto's bitch I'm afraid that we are. There's some kind of psychological barrier there lately that, you know, <laughs> that uh, we can't, you know, put behind us, you know. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, you know, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I mean, the focus on this game, obviously, I think the team is going to do the best they can. Uh, will it be tough? Yes, it will. It will be intense. Yes, it will be. Physically, I don't think the intensity is still going to be there because it's the beginning of the season. But this is a classical You know, players are going to be pumped up. We're going to be pumped up. And I have, I think we may have a surprise tomorrow, you know, on the, the starting lineup. I think yeah. uh, he may not even play with a striker tomorrow just to upset yeah. uh, some of the, this pressure, you know? Yeah, and that's that's where I was I was going to ask you guys to give me your lineup, but I'm, I'm, I'm with there. I'm, I'm there with you, Paul. 
I, I do think that he's going to go to a very mobile front um, because I think that if we play with Musa, Musa's going get, to be getting eaten alive by Pepe and, and Marcano, whoever the center back pairing is. Those guys are older, they're slower. And I think that if we go in with that very mobile front, with uh, with Neres, Rafa, Di Maria, and, and Auschnitz as that front four, it's going to change a lot of. We're going to give Porto different looks, uh, and I even even though they're going to be prepared for it because there's a, a plan B that Porto may be looking at in terms of does Musa play, and if Musa doesn't play, they're going to go with Rafa up front as a, as almost like a false nine. And then you're going to have this, all this movement in front of the defense uh, by these guys going in and out of spots, you know, like, like a almost like a, a, a that carousel play that we we uh, that we say in, in hockey, right? Nice hockey, that carousel play. Guys just rotate around the ball. Um, and I think that this will probably be, for me, the best plan also for the reasons that I said. That back line is, is older. You're going to have to pull them off position. And you got way too many guys making runs in and out of those those spots in between lines. So I think it would be it would be good for Benfica if we do play without uh, without Musa, to be honest with you. And then Musa could come off the bench if we need a presence in a box. Uh, I agree. I agree totally. I think uh, I'm not quite sure about this, but I don't know if you remember when Lodge was the coach when we beat him uh, at Porto two uh, one or two nothing something to that effect. Uh, with a with a, I think the front line may not had Sefrovic back in the day. Uh, I think it was on the bench. It may have been Jean Fellas and Rafa up front yeah. with that mobile the, those two mobile forwards, and I think he worked out. And he maybe do the same thing this time around, you know, yeah. without a without a, a striker up there. And what we'll do, and if you're a central defender and you guys played soccer, you know this. If you don't have a, a someone to mark, someone yeah. to to that you can follow there, you you have a hard time. These kids are gonna probably fall back a little bit, and then you know try to catch the back of the defense. And Porto's defense, the central defense are slow. Well, they are slow, and those mobile forwards may take advantage of that. Yeah, they could try to pl uh, to play a zonal defense where what what Pep gets, whoever steps into his zone. Uh, but certainly with the speed in which we play and the dynamic and the combinations, it's going to be hard for Pep to always be stepping into the guy that shows up because by the time he steps, there's a good chance that that ball's already been played away. Now Pep has stepped out of, of his line and he leaves space behind him. So I think a lot of the strategy is is going to revolve around that, pulling Pep out um, and pulling uh, Marcano out if Marcano is going to be the, the center back pairing. Uh, with, with Pep, pull them out of position and then let these guys, through their runs, through their creativity, break that defense apart. Um, I'm not too concerned in terms of the rest of the, the defense where they got Zaidu and Pepe, or, you know, which are not the, the best uh, fullbacks. But look, uh, I think that um, Porto, again, sees, them, sees themselves in the right position, right? And their narrative that they're going to paint to their to their fan base and to their players like uh look at Sporting look at Benfica they went out especially Benfica and, and spent this inordinate amount of money to bring guys look at us we're we're basically got we got uh guys that we picked up from you know from Alicão 
We got a couple of guys. Uh, we got a guy from Barcelona that he's he's coming on loan, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and another guy that's coming from uh, from Boca. But here we are. It's us against the world. You know, Sporting went out and got this big center forward that apparently really good. Uh, Benfica got Di Maria. Uh, they got this guy. They got that guy. Look at us. This is what we have to fight against. So again, they will create a narrative of underdogs and us against the world, which they have used so much to their advantage uh, that again, they and then they get they rally the fan base behind them because the fan base has to be upset because where did all the money go from all these players that we've sold and they haven't had buying power for a good four or five years now porto hasn't right what's being done in terms of bringing the the signings or the acquisitions that sergio conceição has and they will rally it's us against them and they will rally the fan base based on that narrative look at benfica they got all these shiny new players they got these great players and don't forget that this is an extremely important season because at the end of the season only the champion will get direct qualifying into the champions league and i believe that the second place team has to go play a tercera eliminatoria if i'm not mistaken so all that money is up for grabs And you kind of need to position yourself in a way that you're going to be able to fight for that position. And I think that Porto does not have the weapons that Benfica has. I don't think that Porto has the team that Sporting has. And let's not discount Braga because Braga has been building a little squad here and there. And I think that it was Paul Jesenjic that was saying he was watching the replay just now. And, and, and despite playing against... Um, a team that's not all that great or from a, a known league, they're pretty well rehearsed. And the fact that they're kind of replicating what Benfica did last year in terms of the team was at a very high standard very early on in the season because they had to play these very important games to make it to the Champions League. And there's a good reason or a good um, a good a good chance that Braga, again, is going to be flying under the radar and is going to put a run of games together uh, in the beginning of the season, much like what Befica did, because their preparation, the level that the players have had to be at, has started much earlier than Befica, Porto, and Sporting. They're a couple of weeks ahead of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they started a couple of weeks before. For sure. So uh, it, it's... You know this this whole narrative that that Porto is trying to create, and I think we have to be smart. We have to, uh, when we have a chance and they're down, kick them. Don't give them another chance to get up because apparently that's what Benfica has been doing these past years is giving Porto an oxygen balloon, and the times that we have been that we could bury them and be able to really take the next step and, and increase that gap. We really haven't done that. And I think this is the season to do that, especially when we are expecting Spartan to be competitive. We expect to be Braga to be competitive. And Benfica has the obligation, uh, because of the players that we've signed, because of that we're the champions, has the obligation to be extremely competitive, if not the number one candidate for the for the title because of the off-season acquisitions that we've made. Paul, um, 
what what do you think a, a loss in a game like this can 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 do? I think you've already said for Porto will be great for the morale, but does this affect Benfica? I think it affects every time you lose to somebody like a like a Porto, which is our biggest rival, like like Chris said, or to even a Sporting. You know, uh, it always affects you. I mean, but then you also have a situation where you beat Sporting five nothing, and then you collapse at the end of the season, like during the larger season. You won the Super Cup, you beat them, you had a, a great game, you beat Sporting five nothing, and then you do really well until January, and then you collapse. So you know, it, it's it's you can't look that far ahead. But will it impact uh, psychological? No doubts. It certainly will. At least for the first couple of games of the season, it certainly will affect whatever the losing team is. Yeah, because you, you and it will boost on the other end. It will boost the other team. You know? yeah. it will give them that, that, you know, that boost that that it, you could go through three or four games and and win them and start building momentum like we did last year. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree with you, and and I think that, uh, albeit psychological, the fact that we haven't we've only beaten Port once in the last five times that we've played them. If we could get this win. This early on, and and regardless, Super Cup is a Super Cup. It's still a trophy. But in the grand scheme of things of the season, if we don't hit the Super Cup, if we don't win the Super Cup, we can't say that the Super Cup was one of the objectives that the team delineated for the season, right? So it, it's it's almost inconsequential. But the mental edge that you could get said, "Fuck, we 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 split the the series with Porto last season." We won one, we lost another one, and we continue to lose to them every time we play them. Let's get this one on. Maybe this is the momentum that we that we need to go further in the season. And I think that if Porto wins, they're going to say, look at Benfica. They went out, spent all this money, and look at us with a couple, a couple Joe nobodies. Uh, we can still beat them. We still live rent-free in Benfica's head. Um. Yeah, yeah I, that's part of the problem. I agree with you. You know, that is, I think they, they have gotten to our heads and, and we seem to have a hard time dealing with that, you know, and specifically the last three, four years, it's been an absolute disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In terms of, uh, does Otamendi start for you? Uh, I think it does. Unfortunately, I think it does. I think I would go with Murato, but I think he's going to start Otamendi. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I don't... I'm very conflicted in terms of that choice, right? Because I know what Otamendi brings. Um, yeah. He's only played 45 or, or I think it was a little bit over 45 minutes against Burnley. Uh, so game speed, right? But we don't we don't see the trainings. We don't know what goes on at the Seychelles. We don't know if he's ready to go. We don't Neither. know nope. if they're having scrimmages at, at a good pace right that would put him in a position but i think that the fact of the matter is the context of this game you need somebody like otamendi in there because if anything you need your captain you need your captain in the yeah. field and, and that's the only reason that i'm saying he's going to go for otamendi you need that captain you need that leader you need that uh that influence on the other players that experience uh you need him on the field yeah and and he's also a guy that while the rest of the team may May, may, may quiver, right, or may get scared if something happens. He's not a guy that's going to turn his back. He's not a guy that is going to, uh, 
to turn his, his, his back on a fight. He's a guy that's going to fight regardless of whether the game is 0-0, one nothing, or whatever it is. Um, so I, I think that we need a presence like that in this in this game. Um, line up for you. Uh, I know that you already mentioned the front line. What's what's your what's your uh, midfield pairing? Uh, I'd probably go with Tino and, and Coxu. I think uh, that's going to be. I, I didn't like the the way Arsenal's and um, Coxu played on the uh, P, yeah. on the final game yeah. and uh, I think the Burnley game too. Uh, I didn't like the way they uh, they looked. To be yeah. honest, maybe it's just uh, a lack of you know entrusamento, you know, yeah. the, a lack of playing together. But uh, honestly, I think he's going to go with Tino to hold that midfield and give a little more free free reign to Coxu on the uh, on the midfield. You know, um, on the right side, you're probably going to see Di Maria. You know, uh, on the left, I think Arsenal is going to play a, a crucial role there to stop Pepe from going up the. Uh, you know the uh, the right side, and the question is Ristich or Jurasek. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I would go with Ristich right now. I think it looks a lot more solid than yeah than Jurasek. I think I, I think Jurasek is the prime example of what Apple we bought last year. You know, I know if you recall, Gilberto started the first few games, and then as Ba got more you know accustomed to the uh, style of play and uh, you know better physically, I think he had a couple of injuries in the beginning too. And then he just took off and owned that, that right side of defense. Yeah. But at this point, I think Ristich is the best option on the left side yeah. of defense. I'm with you on that. And I think that Porto is going to be looking to uh, to explore those areas. If you recall, uh, what they always used to do is they used to pump the ball uh, between Grimaldo and the center back. Uh, and that's where Marega would go get the ball. In, in that space yeah. and I think they're going to try to take advantage of that because they know that our fullbacks uh, go up quite a quite a bit I, I'm with you on that I think that uh, Tino and Coxu should be the 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 ones in in the, in the middle uh, I got Vlakodimus Ba Silva Otamendi Ristich Tino Coxu Di Maria on one side Auschwitz on the other one Ned is behind Rafa that's that's how I have it that's exactly my lineup right yeah. there Rafa and Ned that's that's and that is behind Rafa and Rafa is, uh, and those two up front. That's how I think that Benfica could be successful against this Porto team. Uh, and again, what we were just talking about in terms of the dynamic of that front line, and not be static and and just basically be into in the middle of two center backs, and you're going to be very easy to nullify, right? I think that adding movement to that front line is ideal. Um, the other question that I had. What 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 minute does uh, Di Maria get hurt? Depends on Pepe's uh, mood. <laughs> Depends, you know. Depends how close he comes. Think, uh, they're gonna go in hard. They're gonna go in strong on him. Oh, yeah. And uh, and that was the only reason why I was a little skeptical about putting Neves as a starter. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I thought maybe Neves would come up, you know, as a sub, but. You know, you could always put somebody else up front and, yeah. and bring their – but I know they're going to go at him hard. They will. Yeah. No, I I, um, I agree with you. They're going to go at, at all the players' hard, especially the new players, right? Because the new players have to be welcomed into this, this rivalry. They have to know what it means to play against Porto. And that's that's going to be the some of the words out of Sergio Conceição's mouth. is like, yeah, let's welcome uh, Kokshu to this, uh, to this rivalry. You know, let's. Uh... <laughs> the good thing about it is this referee doesn't play games either. So this referee, I actually like this referee, um, and, and I think that he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be intimidated. Let's put it that way. 
yeah. like Jerome Pineda was or, you know, to do the miserable job that Artur Suarez Diaz was, yeah. always did. Uh, I don't dislike the guy. I think he's a solid uh, referee, so hopefully he'll start handing out yellow cards if the game goes yeah goes a little off track. No, I, I hold uh, Goudinho. I think he's Goudinho is one of the, the better the better refs in, in the league. Chico yeah. Morslin um, is saying, if Murat goes to the bench, will be super unfair given the, that he was the best player of the preseason, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, Paul Hazenz is saying, guys, Nerz needs to play at right wing. It's his best position where he plays this best, while Di Maria uh, would be better in the middle. Yeah, I, I look, I think that there's no set positions for those guys, with the exception of Auschwitz, uh, which I think that he would, uh, he would be in that spot that, that left center mid position uh i think the other guys up front rafa nerj di maria they're all they're, gonna move around. they're all gonna move around i mean i even expect auschwitz to get into it but i think that auschwitz is gonna be more of a player that's going to balance our team when there's so much movement from these guys up front and they're going to be pulling out of position i think that auschwitz is going to be the guy that's going to drop into the midfield help out on a defensive transition, plug some holes. I think that's what Auschwitz is going to be. But in terms of the other three guys, I don't think there's a set position for these three guys because they'll just go in and, in and out of spots, combining, uh, finding little pockets of space. That's that's what I think. So, look, I have good hopes for tomorrow's game, but I think that we all have good hopes uh, ahead of uh, of Porto games. And, and then it's always the same. It's always the same shit. We'll see. Keep our fingers crossed. I think we need to focus. The team will be focused. Let's see how it goes. You know, keep I mean, like I said, keep our fingers crossed and just let's, you know, play the best they can play. That's all. I I, I trust them. They are national champions. They they know what they're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What obviously. That, uh, Jersey means at this point. So I think uh, I think that there was a lot of things to be taking out of the matchups that they had with Porto last year. Uh, I think we all know what what Porto is is. Uh, is all about even Vlakodimus knows their shit team and and by the way he apparently is going to get fined or punished for that comment in a, Netf punished, in a netflix man. video it, i have to be honest with you whoever let Whatever that stuff out and fika uh yeah i mean marketing or being fika communication department needs to get fired with all with all the respect I, that thing should have never came out you never you gotta think that that you can't to punch the jate Right, <laughs> you put yourself in a position where this may didn't lie. Right, they didn't lie. As, as but that should have never came out. And whether the director of communications in that team needs to be thrown out, to be yeah. honest with you, not that he shows up anyway. But you know, I think he needs to be fired. That guy. Yeah, as as innocent as they may be, right, and and in the same manner manner that Nerish, uh, you know, all it's all banter. It's really all banter. They're not saying uh, SLB feels the puta SLB. You know that's a different story. It's all banter. It's yeah, all dentro the Balneario. You say a lot worse, a lot many worse things inside of Balneario. Yeah, you know, and but with all the respect, it should have never came out. Yeah, that's Paulo, all, that's the way I, I, I completely go. agree. Even the the video could have stayed, and you maybe you just lower his voice I'll whatever a, just I'll find a voice do whatever you have to <laughs> like a you know, beat, maybe a, beat. A, a dumb mistake in our part <laughs>
Um, anyway, it after- will affect the player because he will be suspended. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's going to be suspended. And now there's and just a- hopefully not no morning. There's a there's a chance uh, for Trubin <laughs> to come and play. Trubin, <laughs> we're going to put Samu back in there. Yeah, uh, after Porto, we will play Boavista in our in our uh, season curtain raiser. Uh, and that game will happen on Monday, August 14th at 8.45 at Stadio do Bessa. Uh, that will be Benfica's uh, first game of the season. So after playing on Wednesday, we'll be, at, be back in action on Monday uh, against Boavista in uh, what we hope is a season that will end up uh, bringing us the 39th. So, good. That's all we got, Paul. What did, what did, what what uh, you got anything else you wanted to talk about? We wanted to no, say? that's pretty much. I just wanted to thank you for once again for the invite. Absolutely, uh, thank man. Everybody uh, and the team here that uh, you know uh, for the opportunity to um, kind of share my views. Like I said, long time viewer here, and yeah. uh, this is awesome. I really appreciate it. I was happy to have you, man. Uh, we always see you on a on a on a chat box, and and you always have good opinion, and you always have good angles. So it was we wanted to. We've been talking about getting you on for. For a little bit, it's just the, the schedule sometimes don't don't match. But uh, I'm glad that you were able to come on and and uh, fill in for Cristiano and, and Dave. And you did a good job. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it once again. Yeah. All right, everybody. We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna go now, Cristiano, wherever you may be. Thank you for coming on for all of uh, two minutes and thirty four seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks to all the Freddies that were in the chat. Um, Everyone uh, was very active, and, and uh, it's, it's good to see you guys excited about the season, discussing the season. All of you guys are willing to spend your 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 gas money to take Vlaco Dimos to the airport. Vocês são os bondosos, pá. São os mãos largas. We'll pay Uber. All right, buddy. Thank you very much, Paul. Pleasure. Christian, Take care, later. folks. Thank you once again. All right. Have a great night, everybody. See you next week. Take care.